Humility week two comes every year. Every year, man, you get hopped up on week one. You get real cocky. Week two comes. Was it week two last year? Week two, a lot of divisional games. Yes, got a little excited after week one. Uh, I got shellacked. How was your weekend? It was good. It was busy, but good. I'm gonna admit it's a little weird. Still not having watched a a a Sunday with you. I know. So. I watch. I've been watching here at the office. Yes. I've learned all of the TVs. I set them up myself. Wow, good for you. Uh, the mush, Josh Fendrick, came and joined me this weekend, and he's the reason I had such a bad day. When in doubt, blame Josh. Blame Josh. Yes. That's what our fans do, too. Yes. Uh, you watch over at NBC. I did for, uh, yes, the uh, 1 o'clock games. Right near your house. Yes. But we didn't get to talk about this last week. Yeah. So... I've watched with you. Right. You're the kind of guy where if you're looking at a, at a play and let's say a pick six, you're like, ah, shit, come on. Are you fine? Like you'll curse all that stuff. Yes. And you're watching now with Tariko and Ronnie Harrison and Tony Dungy. Yes. And apparently Tony's not a cursor. No, Tony doesn't curse. People are scared to curse in front of Tony. Always have heard this throughout his career. Yeah, how did you hear that? Well, gosh, I think probably because I had never heard that. The first I time, it. yeah, the first time I think I ever heard it was probably my dad when he was covering the Colts, like way back when. Like, you know, uh, he's he's a Christian man. He's uh, doesn't believe in that kind of talk, and um, I can't be stopped. No, because yours, yours is a guttural reaction yes. that when you're watching football, right. you're going to call out the play, you're going to get upset that they've already used that formation too many times. I don't go too crazy with that stuff there. Okay. It's a professional setting. Oh, and it's a I little tried, different than Bleacher. Well, I'm not, not that it's, you know, I don't mean that, but uh, I have some elders I have to respect more, <laughs> so I guess that's what it is. And, I mean, Mike is the godfather. He's in the room, so I always got to respect him. But, yeah, Tony, Tony, it's a great group. Nobody is too ladder boisterous. Certainly Except some guys me. here, you know, oh, this, that, whatever. Okay. And yes, I so will. So give me an example that happened in week two. Um, gosh. First one that comes to mind. First one that comes to mind. I mean, first thing is I sang my Emily Aaron Rodgers song at one point while we were all watching, and they all they love that, which is just hilarious. So, like, he made he made a throw where, like, he rolled out and hit right. Jimmy Graham. And, and I just like, started going, oh, Aaron Rodgers, the Vikings not cometh to beat you. And they all start laughing. Uh, but then let me just try to think. <laughs> what, what was my – I had one cursing moment, and I can't remember what the what game was. It might have been, like, Pittsburgh yelling at their defense, like – like the second time they let up the seam route for a touchdown, I was oh, like, gosh. what the fuck are you doing, Pittsburgh? Are you seriously think you're going to fucking cover that like that? And as soon as I get done, I go, sorry, coach. And then everybody like erupts in laughter because uh, everybody knows me there. Yeah. Coach and Rodney are still getting to know me. Gotcha. And Does, uh, do you think Dungy, is he growing to like you? I think he is. He actually seemed like he was disappointed I was leaving yesterday. I thought that what was do you a, mean? What did he say? He was like, oh, you're leaving again, huh? Quitting again on a Sunday afternoon. I was like, yep, I'm out of here, coach. Real Vontae Davis move by <laughs> you, quitting halfway through. Yeah. 
Uh, got a pretty good show for you, pals. Uh, so as we always do, I text Sims late night on the three stories that I want him to dive into the film for Monday morning. Things that I need explaining. Yes. The things that Sims is going to explain today, Blake Bortles. Do, do, do. Patrick Mahomes. Do, do, do. And Deshaun Watson. It's not. It's more like Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. Um, is that Randy Watson? Is that Randy? Uh, so we have a lot of stories we're going to do. We're going to get to Little Eagles, Little Fitzpatrick. You're pointing a finger at me. What are the What are the bets end up though? I'd like a recap. You uh, love to recap it when you do well, but damn, it goes so bad. It's, oh, it's a bad weekend. Moving on. There was themes from Sunday. Well, so do you know where I? I right, am. So I haven't really added him up because I was in a fit of rage last night and I was too busy cursing out Josh for being my mush. I'm pretty sure that you went something like five or six and ten. Right. Like I think you're in that range. We'll see what happens yes, tonight. Right. Uh, I'm in the two, eleven, and one range. But you uh, lost th- your big games. I think you're in the. I have to do the money. I'm pretty sure you're at like minus five or six hundred. I think I'm in the minus. 1580 yes like like did you hear what i just said bit minus 1580 out of a total of 1600 <laughs> so my whole 900 dollars lead right com- i think we're even now uh, which I is insane so. i surely hope so it was it was a weird week that's why i took your i couldn't believe you and i came in deviated from what you do i know well it just shows you like that, that's how i am with everything got a diet do it for a week every game off. i looked at i was like scary I know. I got super cocky. Broncos. Yeah, sure. They can cover six. <laughs> Idiot. Thanks a lot, Kyle. Way to blow that lead. You really cost me a left Damn, and a lock. How dare you? Um, so we're going to get into all that. Another little note. Um, hearing more birdies. Super Bowl in Atlanta. Might have a bunch of stuff going on that week. You think so? Might want to get one of those tickets real quick. You don't even got to go to the game. Just hang out Wednesday, Thursday, get Friday. Get your tickets. Hang out. Sims and Lefko going to talk to a lot of really cool athletes right in front of your face. Yeah. Going to take over a bar. Right. Just little birdies. Little birdies. Just little birdies. Chirp, 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 chirp. Had a few people reach out and said, hey, I got an Airbnb. If you and Sims want to crash. Chirp, 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 chirp. Hey, little birdie. Yeah, just something I'm hearing. Uh, by the way. We only needed like 15 points from Odell last night, and we didn't get Oh, it. my gosh. Well. Fantasy team lost. Odell Rogers. I mean, do we want to get into that right off the no, bat? No, no. Holy crap. Unlike NBC, we're not going to make Giants-Cowboys our top story. I'm, I'm a little tired of them early on. Every, every game the last few years is Giants-Cowboys, week yes. two, and it's like 13-6. to six. Yeah, I know. They're not the most exciting games. That was pretty pitiful display of offense there, and um, whew. I mean, hey, the pass protection wasn't good, but damn, Eli Manning's not good either. I don't know what else to say. I'm going to get to that for sure. Okay. Just to show you how crazy it is the first two weeks, I love these. Uh, there are seven undefeated teams after two weeks. A few of them make sense. A few of them, you couldn't have got me to pick this at all. Yep. The LA Rams, of course. The Jacksonville Jaguars. We said they could go 2-0. and We also said they can go 0-2. Right. Are Miami Dolphins 2-0? Yes. Uh, well, one of my better bets that I made at, at the Borgata. Cincinnati Bengals are 2-0, taking down the Colts and the Ravens. Impressed with them on Thursday night. They got athletes. They do. Kansas City 2-0, and they are looking deadly. Looking good. I wouldn't have guessed that one. Wouldn't no have way. guessed that at all. No way. Same division. The Denver Broncos, mm-hmm. 2-0. Home field advantage is sweet. Case Keenum. 
I don't know if he's that up or that down, but he's all over the place. Well, he's aggressive. That's the one thing I do know. He's not afraid to make big throws, and he makes some mistakes doing that, but it keeps the pressure on you. Other 2-0 team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Man. Those teams were a combined 54 and 58 last year. Now, 25 teams over the last three years have started the season 2-0. Of the 25, 14 made the playoffs. 11 did not, and only four of the 11 that did not finished with losing records. Gotcha. So if you start off 2-0, and you did not have a losing record. Now, last year, there were two teams that did that, Denver and Oakland. So we'll see if Denver goes back-to-back of having losing seasons right. after starting 2-0. and Would be uh, shocked. Other signs of surprises. Can you name the top five rushers in the NFL right now? Ooh. You want to take some guesses? Phew. Philip Lindsay's. Philip Lindsay, number three. Ding, ding, ding. Is Kareem Hunt up there? No, he is not. Okay. Hold on. I got Fun my, to play at home. I'm pulling up my teams. Tevin, Te- Telvin Coleman in there? Tevin Coleman is not. He's not. Okay. Hold on. Still pulling up my teams. What about our Fun man? Game to play at home. What about our man Gordon and uh, Chargers? He is not. Okay. Short field. Didn't get hold, the yardage. Hold on. Catches. Hold on. Hold on. Let me see who am Did I you know missing. That cr- Todd Gurley is not. I'm going to give it to you. Number yeah, five. Yeah, because Gurley didn't do crap yesterday. He had three touchdowns. He, but he didn't, didn't have get any to. yards. Right. Number five, James Conner. Oh. Number four, duh. Lamar Miller. Ooh. Number three, Philip Lindsay. Number two, Joe Mixon. Gosh, damn. And that number was one, dumb the number one rusher in the NFL through two games, Matt Breida. 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 Man, because the big game yesterday. He had like yesterday. an 80-yard touchdown yeah, run. Right. Philip Lindsay, who Sims, I believe, was the first person to really alert you to his possibilities, is also the first undrafted free agent in NFL history with more than 100 yards from scrimmage in his first two NFL games. Wow. Special. He's made for the modern-day NFL. Again. Special. You know, you said before we started, I can't think of who he reminds me of. You said he's like Alvin Kamara. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to say not exactly. I know what you mean. He's just got that, that twitch. He does. He's got that twitch. He's probably more straightaway explosive than even Alvin Kamara. I don't know if he's quite as elusive side-to-side, side, but... As we're seeing, these guys throughout the NFL, they're dangerous. I mean, oh, okay, get on the edge in the run game, first down. Get out, you know, outside in the pass game. Make one guy miss, touchdown. Um, yeah, he, he is a His acceleration a special, from is, zero to top speed is, is off the charts. And, I mean, he's so fast that when Royce Freeman comes in, he looks too slow. Yes, I know, I know. Who too else did you say on there? Oh, the thing that's amazing to me, too, I mean, rushing is down. Okay. Yes, and passing is like through the roof. Which is makes sense because O-linemen, are, with the lack of contact, are still trying to figure crap out. They're not as physical and as far along as the defensive line. I and mean, we've got, what, 700-yard rushers through the first two weeks. I think that's pretty amazing. We've also had more, like almost as many 400-yard passers in the first two weeks right. as like the whole year last year. Is everybody happy in fantasy world? I'm oh, sure. Points are up. They are, except if you had a kicker. That was one of the 19 missed kicks yesterday, including Zane Gonzalez, who missed four, was cut afterwards immediately. Uh, if you think about it, the Browns could be 2-0 and yeah. if that dude could make kicks. If my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. But you Possibly. Know, right. What a, as, a, as a player. Uncle Aunt Wendy. As a player with a kicker that misses a kick. Like yeah. the Vikings uh, cut their guy, too. Yeah. Are you just looking at him? Like, how does the team even, like... Disgusted, 
they get ignored by just about everybody when were they, they don't do their before? job. No, I mean they're ignored. They were like semi ignored, but still part of the group. Like, yeah, they might have felt like semi of an outsider, but yeah. people would like joke around with them. That when you have performances like those two yesterday, no one can look at you on the plane. You're not going to be talked to. And what's even worse is the coaches. I mean, the head coaches, you know, again, they're sitting there going, man, you're, you're, you're fucking up my life. I'm going to get fired. Hugh, Jack- you. Hugh Jackson sitting there going, I turned this around. We had hard knocks. Yes. And I could be 2-0 and having beaten the Steelers right. and the Saints. And you've missed two kicks inside 35 years. Yes, exactly right. So, like 35. Yeah. It's, um, when you have only one job, and I will say, hey, there's pressure to that job, but I mean, come on. Some of those field goals and extra points that they missed. I've never seen anything like it. It's unbelievable. 19 total missed kicks yesterday. Yeah, extra points. Everybody has to see it go through. And that's what I just think we've seen so far in the last two years, ever since this rule change, really, is that uh, kickers are a little mental, more mentally weak than I, I think we thought. Vikings went and signed Dan Bailey, and he was waiting to see which team that was an actual contender yes. was going to have an opening. He was the winner, I think, of week two. As everybody was missing, he became the winner of week two. Yes. Uh, I am not a winner. I went 0-4 on my locks. I cannot believe that the Texans lost to a Titans team without three tackles and their starting quarterback. Couldn't believe it. Um, And I think a lot of people, your mentions were the other loser. You are so connected to Blake Bortles that when he plays like he did yesterday, everyone's going, what about now, Sims? What are you going to do now? What are you going to do now? It's one game in five years. He proved you wrong. Holy cow, you're wrong. <laughs> it's been 60, it's 66 games, and he proved you wrong finally. It's very funny. Uh, it just shows you the power of our podcast yep. and how everyone listens yep. to it. That's okay. Uh, Bring it on. I get it. So a few a few little notes about it before we dive into I want to get right into your notebook, yeah, really. Yeah, cool. First thing, if you saw the Keelan Cole catch and you saw the D.D. Westbrook play and run after catch – then all of those hot takes in the offseason about how their wide receivers were trash, they're not trash. If somebody told you that Jacksonville's wide receivers are trash, trash, I don't care what network it is, whatever it is, then they, you really should stop listening because then they're really not watching football. Hit the unfollow. I mean, Dede Westbrook was a first-round pick at wide receiver, oh, yeah. except he had a ton of off-the-field issues. I mean, DJ Chark. Okay, he's another guy. I would have put him in there in the Calvin Ridley, G.J. Moore conversation. I know that's where the Jacksonville Jaguars had him. Yeah, but Keelan Cole, Cole special, right? Special, right? Just because it didn't come from a Michigan or Ohio State, nobody can wrap their wrap their head around it. You know, let alone Austin Severian Jenkins and then Niles Paul to go along with it. And that Grant so, kid, the running back, Grant is special to the backfield. So again, I'm not trying to take away from Blake Bortles there, but. No, that's they, they are legit. Oh, oh, and that's right. Dante Moncrief, who just goes up and beats people for touchdowns, too. It was unbelievable. Yeah. They're great athletes. They are. All right, let's get into Sims's notes about Bortles. Okay. A little self-scouting right here. Yes, I sir. wanted to know how he made it happen, and yep. Sims is always so gracious. Uh, I'm going to stay with the Bortles stuff first. Right. Uh, and then we'll get into more Jacksonville mm-hmm. offense and then more uh-oh Patriots defense. Yeah. Because it could be a serious uh-oh. Right. First thing you wrote. Not the first thing. 
Bortles never throws spirals, but at least they're on target. Yes. Kind of a backhanded compliment. Well, yes. I mean, it, it's never it never comes out of his hand clean, very rarely. But, you know, it, it's better than throwing wobblers that were uncatchable, which is what we've seen a lot of. So the one thing I've seen a little over here the first two weeks, and last week was solid, but not great. Um, it, it, at least we're getting in the ballpark just about every throw to where I go, okay, okay, receiver's got a chance. Oh, okay. Hit the receiver in the numbers, gave him a chance to run with the ball after the catch. Absolutely. Those are big-time things. And He's gotten I, really good at crossers and fades. Yes, yes sir. They don't, they don't make the formula simp, uh, mean complicated. That's really what they do. It's screens. It's fades. Wheel routes. It's wheel routes, which it really ends up being fades. Yeah, it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, you know right. what I mean? It's the same thing. And then uh, it is. It's crossers over the middle. I mean, like the play he threw the interception on. That was about the fourth play they'd gone to that play. They go to that play three to four times a game. It's one of their wheels. They pick two guys coming across. If somehow you cover them, he throws to the tight end who's like 12 yards right over the middle. Well, New England on that play switched it up and passed off crossers to where the guy fell off underneath because they had seen the play a few times and they were expecting it. Uh, you also wrote, here's a good compliment. You wrote, yeah. Bortles is tough as hell. He really is. I, again, I know, man, I mean, Bortles, he's going to hate me forever, and maybe he beats my ass when I see him in person. Hey, I'm not going to just let him beat my ass, just so you know. But, yes, I mean, uh, he plays the game fearless, and that's what I do really respect about him. Not only just, like, running and lowering his head and hitting Stefan Gilmore oh, like that. Man. That was a big-time collision, doing stuff like that. But... You know, standing in there and not worrying about, oh, okay, the crossing route's open. I'm going to get hit. Screw it. I'm going to throw it. Hey, there's a quarterback I watched last night on Sunday Night Football that's not willing to do that. Uh, number 10 for the Giants, if you're wondering who that is. So, yes. I mean, I, that, there, there, there is credit to that. There yeah. is value in that. And it keeps the ball. It keeps him from getting sacked. It keeps him in manageable situations. And, yeah, he gives his receivers a chance to, okay, I'm getting hit. Let me give you a chance to maybe go get the ball. Really, most of your notes about the Jaguars' offense are about the strength of the O-line and oh. what it lets them do. Oh. So let me just ask you yeah. to quickly summarize in your own words. Right. You know, what did we watch at Bortles yesterday? We watched in Bortles yesterday the greatest game he's played in his career. I mean, he was on point. Decision-making, you know, uh, throws were, for the most part, all pretty much on point. Gave receivers a chance. It wasn't like wild card game Sunday last year against Buffalo where you're like, damn, I mean, Michael Jordan could have, couldn't have, you know, d- jumped up and touched that ball. LeBron James couldn't even touch it. So he's managing the position the right way. He's making decisions and going with it and being confident with it. And like I said, he's the plays that are there to be had, he is taking advantage of them. And that has not been something he's going to do. And if that continues, like I said to you early before we start today, chalk it up. They're going to win the Super Bowl. They're the best team in football. And if he can just hit those plays somewhat consistently that are there to be delivered, they, they're, they're, um, they're tough to be stopped because of the weapons outside. We know the defense. The O-line is just an absolute hulking beast. I mean, I believe I wrote in there at one point, like, sometimes there's no holes to wrote, run in. You wrote, even in run plays with no hole, they mash the defensive line back and still gain four yards. Four yards. I mean, it's like, damn, there's really not a hole, but 
everybody's been blown off the line of scrimmage to where TJ Yeldon just kind of ducks his head and gets behind Andrew Norwell and he falls to the ground and it's second and six. Yeah. Um, so it is phenomenal what they do, but yes, yeah. it's, it's kind of, you said this in the preseason. It's kind of like an unstoppable offense it, it, because, because they hit you at every level. They hit you at every level. And then when you think you've got them covered and you go, Oh, we got it stopped here. Bortles' running ability oh. adds another element to it. And he made a few runs during the game yesterday where, yeah, they were big. Like, you thought, oh, okay, New England might be getting a hold of this offense here. Oh, damn. You can't you can't leave that rushing lane open with him. He's going to run for 10 yards and get a first down. I feel like you have something to say to Bortles other than I'm sorry. Oh, I do have something to say other than I'm sorry. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm part of this, Blake Bortles. I feel like I brought you to this moment. I feel like I do. I deserve some credit. Everybody else was just telling you how good of a guy you were in the locker room. How nice of a guy you are. He's a great leader. Oh, we like five. He's awesome. He's good. good. No one wanted to say, no, really, you're the downfall of the team and you stink, like I did. And I feel like, damn, just about ever since I've said that, it's gotten a whole lot better. Not instantly, but the playoffs we saw a step forward. Now we've seen another step forward here through two weeks. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. Maybe he needed that enemy or that asshole like myself to push him over the edge. And we know that he's bothered by it. He's admitted that I am the one person that has bothered him in this conversation. So you are the motivation. <laughs> I'm the motivation. Sometimes you need to motivate. I mean, maybe he's maybe when he drops back to throw in the offseason, he has dummies with my face on him, and he's fucking breaking my face. Maybe that's what and he's maybe doing. Maybe he wasn't throwing to them last time. Maybe he wasn't. No, but now he had motivation. Like, that guy's a jerk-off. I'm going to throw lasers and hit the target. And he's, he's So not. you're really saying you're welcome. Blake I, mean, you're, I am saying you're welcome, Mike. You needed this extra push over the edge, and I, I, I supplied it for you. There I, you go. I always say that a, a really good friend is an honest friend. <laughs> yes. And if you ever see someone and they look ridiculous, that person doesn't have good friends. They don't have people that are going to tell them they look ridiculous. Yes. You were the good friend Thank you. that said, hey, Blake, step it up. Step it up. And he has. He you really has. He, you think he'd accept your uh, your your welcome? Probably not. I don't think so. <laughs> no, either. I don't think so either. Uh, talking about that, you're funny. Talking about that offensive line, you wrote. I love when you do this. It means you're very impressed with the guy. Yeah. You wrote Norwell is so good. Oh my gosh! I mean, it didn't matter. So this was like the number one rated guard on PFF, uh, and then he went there. and We were like, wow, they got him too. Yes. What about him makes so good? Because I've heard you talk about the Osemeles. I've heard you talk about the Zach Martins. Right. You've never really dove into Andrew Norwell. Yeah, Norwell is a, like an Osemele where. It's not about like blocking you and just getting the assignment done. It's about annihilation. He does not feel good unless he's annihilated you into the ground. And I love that about him. And, and this fits- is a Patriots D line you were impressed with. I, I was. And I mean, whether it was Malcolm Brown or Danny Sheldon, it didn't matter. And I think that's the other thing that I took away from the game in general. You know, yep. New England's in deep crap against Jacksonville. Go ahead. You well, want to you, say- you wrote theme of the game. If Patriots don't blitz and rush four, Bortles has all day to throw and find underneath completion. If Patriots don't blitz, they can't get within five feet of the quarterback. The Jags O line is stonewalling. Them. Stonewalling them. I mean, never. I mean, just think about guys out there who watch the game. Think about those first few drives. Bortles doesn't have anybody around him. And again, I'm not taking anything away. That's not a shot on Bortles. I mean, Tom Brady had a lot of his career with nobody around him. But it's just impressive what they do there. And then what happened is New England, 
goes, well, damn. I mean, we can't even get close to him. We got to start doing something. I don't care who it is in the NFL. I mean, you give somebody that much time and a clean pocket every time, they're going to dice you up. And then New England started to blitz, but then they're compromised there because they only got one legit cover guy on their team, and that's Stephon Gilmore. Eric Rowe, was they, they attacked Eric Rowe or Jason McCourty, and there was a severe mismatch all game long in that department. Yeah, you wrote that a number of times. You wrote, the Patriots will never beat this team unless they have another cover corner. Yeah, the, the Patriots have to make a move. If they're going to beat the Jacksonville Jaguars somewhere down the road and get back to a Super Bowl, it either one has to be you add another big weapon to your own offense and you think, okay, if we get in a shootout with Jacksonville, then we can do it, or... They have to make a midseason trade like they did to get Aqib Tlaib the year I was there in 2012. Something like that. If they're going to continue to play this style of defense, they are not going to beat Jacksonville again with Eric Rowe and Jason McCourty having to cover Moncrief or Didi Westbrook. And you said before we were recording that you said, Lefko, look for a team that maybe is rebuilding, that has a corner that's making a lot of money, right. that the Patriots would be willing to take that salary, right. and the team's rebuilding. We yeah. went and looked at the list. Yeah. One name popped out, Patrick Peterson. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It does. I just can't see a franchise trading the face. I think I know that they have Josh Rosen, but Patrick Peterson's kind of been the face of that franchise now. Definitely on the defensive side of the ball. He's definitely, yes, and I would say the perfect citizen. They're a gold token player, right? Yeah. I mean, that him and David Johnson are the two guys I think everybody would think of and go, oh, those are the two best players in their team. Fitzgerald is maybe the face of the team, but he's not the player he once was. Yeah, it would be something like that to where an Arizona goes, we're screwed. We're going to go 2-14, and 14, and we need to rebuild and blow this thing up completely. Patrick Peterson, you know, his, maybe you got like a first and, third and has started the decline, right. And maybe New England might go, man, we got one or two years left with Brady. We gotta, let's see if we can make it happen. That would be the type of situation where yeah, they're going to have to do that or find something on the defensive side of the ball that gives them an advantage. But their D-line was outmatched in that football game. Middle linebacker play was an issue yeah. in the game. You wrote Hightower's not playing well. He's non-existent. I mean, not playing well is being nice. I mean, it's he's he might as well not be there. That's what I'm just telling you. It's he does wow. no, he does nothing. This is Dante Hightower. I know he is not the same guy he was. He's not doesn't run as well. He's not as explosive. His legs and ass don't look the same in the pants. When he used to run into guards, he would blow them back up into the hole yeah. to where. I mean, he tried to blow up Norwell a few times, and Norwell said, bring it. And he the hole opened up. So those things scare me out of the fact when you're not an athlete and you have a Jawan Bentley who's a bigger guy too. As the game went on, they realized it, and they put a Landon Roberts in the middle. So they're going to have to find a new – they'll tinker and figure it out. Um, Underrated quote by you right there. What's that? Legs and ass don't look good in the pants. Yes, they don't. I I don't think you need to say in the pants. Oh, in the (laughs) – it was good. Naked or in the pants. Uh, so we are recording this. Uh, we started at 3.30 on Monday. I haven't gotten the final alert yet, but we got something before we started recording, yes. which was right. the Patriots are finalizing a deal for Josh Gordon. 
one, your initial reaction to that. I am I am surprised that anyone's trading for Josh Gordon, right. knowing all the risk. We don't even know what happened in Cleveland. It kind of sounds like from all the stories that he came in, kind of hurt himself at a commercial shoot, and then the team was like, are you lying to us? Yeah. Like the amount of money and time that we've invested into right. you and the bullshit that we've taken and you're going to lie, that's what it sounded yeah. like. Um, but for the Patriots, what do you think about that move? Well, okay. If it does happen. Right. If it does happen, the first thing everybody's going is, oh, okay. I mean, why would the Patriots take the risk? Well, first of all, the Patriots aren't afraid to take these type of risks. They've set a culture up there to where, you know, guys walk into New England and they go, damn, I'm not that important. Mm. They win without me or with me. So that humbles people right off the bat. And then, of course, the trophies and the rings and everything speak for themselves. So you learn as an athlete and as a competitor right away, like, okay, I'm not Johnny, you know, Bobby big time here. They got other stars, and this, this machine's been rolling along. So that's why they can take the chances on the Ocho Cinco's, right. let's say, uh, Albert Hainsworth, who came in there, right? right. So those type of players – because also, if you don't fit in, they'll cut you in a second. They don't care. Like, they're not going to sit there and go like, oh, I mean, we made a trade and this isn't going to look good if we cut them three weeks from now. Like what most teams would do, because they'd be worried about the PR hit. The Patriots just go, nope, it's time to fold them. I'm throwing my cards in the middle of the table. Dealer, I'm folding. I'm out of this hand. Right. And they'll get rid of them. And I'll be interested to see how it goes. He's a physical freak. It's definitely going to be a tough offense to learn for him. But they need that other guy. I think that's what happened yesterday. Do you think Edelman, when he comes back, can be that guy? Well, he can be that guy, but he's only going to be that guy in his role. I think they have to realize that it's Dorsett's Jacksonville. Not the guy. Uh, right. You're, you've always said the Patriots don't look at their division. They look at the Super Bowl. They're looking at the Super Bowl, and they're going, what do we got to do to come out of the AFC? It's official. It's official. The Patriots, that's a perfect timing. Yeah. The Patriots acquire... Troubled wide receiver Josh Gordon from Browns for? I'm going to say a fourth round pick. A first round. Are you kidding me? They yes. got a first round no, pick? I, I was kidding. Holy cow. A fifth round pick. Okay, fifth round. <laughs> I was about to say, damn, I suck then. What? First round. Um, fifth round pick. That makes sense. That's like nothing for Belichick. That makes sense, right? Belichick's not even good at draft. No one's good at drafting. So, so it's official. It's official. And so there you go. now let's talk about it as fact. Right. I mean, um, I mean, you're gonna see a guy now that okay is a mismatch nightmare. They're if he's one on one, just like Randy Moss back in the day with Tom Brady. I'm just gonna throw it up. Oh let's see gosh. what he's got. But I do think, like we just were starting the conversation there. New England looks at it like going to the Super Bowl. What do we have to do to get to the Super Bowl? And then we'll have two weeks of game plan for whoever that is in the Super Bowl, and we'll figure out a way to win that matchup when it comes, mm. no matter how good the NFC, NFC team is. That's their philosophy. And I just think they had to have come off the field with Jacksonville. And, of course, I know this conversation was probably going on before Jacksonville. Of course. But Bill's probably watched Jacksonville in person and in training camp last year, in person in the AFC Championship game. And he watches film from the first week and goes, well, this team is special and they're only getting better. We're not going to just beat them with Gronk and Edelman. Yes. Like, we need to add another guy. Because Bouye and Ramsey are arguably one and two in the NFL at corner. DJ Hayden's really added a nice thing for them at the nickelback. The two safeties are special. 
Miles Jack's the best middle linebacker in football. So I think that's where it all comes from. This, in my opinion, yeah. comes from December 8th, 2013. Oh, I know that day. When Josh Gordon went to New England and just tore their ass up. Seven catches, yes. 151 yards, an 80-yard touchdown. Yes. And he had a carry for 34 yards. I remember the game. Cleveland dominated the game and lost and blew it. Lost. Right. He had a stretch from November 24th to that game where he went against Pittsburgh and went 14 for 237 in a touchdown to Jacksonville for 10 for 261 and two touchdowns to New England, 7 for 151. And that was when the legend of Josh Gordon was born. And I'm sure Bill Belichick left that game and said, if I ever get my hands on him, I'd love to have him as a wide receiver. Well, yeah. Team. And, you know, when you have guys like Mike Lombardi, who are the GM of the Browns at the uh, time, and you get all the inside scoop on what he looks like every day at practice, and you've heard about it. Yeah, but I'm not taking anyone's scoop. No, like, I know. So, so let I me know. ask you this. Yes. You know how the Patriots. So he's flying out to New England. Yep. Uh, someone that's taken your job is going to pick him up at the airport. Right. They're going to drive him in. And who does he go to first? Bill. Billy ball game will be so, first. So no one's like, hey, Josh, welcome to New England. Oh, he's going to walk in building. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. T- take me through. He's going to walk in the building, and there's going to be zero parade for him. No one's going to give a damn he walked in the building. It's Josh <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, it's literally, he's going to walk in and be like, man, do they even know I'm here? Like, because they're going to be grinding away, and they're not going to give him preferential treatment. Belichick's assistant, Bears Nongerian, when you walk into the office, his office that leads to Belichick's office is right there. He's going to go, hey, Josh, nice to meet you. Coach wants to talk to you. Coach is going to talk to him, give him probably a lay of the land. Uh, I, that's what I want to know. Right. I don't know so, how that combo is going to go. I don't know. I, he, he's going to tell him what he expects So Josh is going to come in and sit down. Right. And does Bill have like a bunch of monitors on? Is he watching film right there at the oh, desk? Oh, without a doubt, yes. So Josh, so he's going to be like, i got to meet this guy. No, he's going to be like... He's going to be happy. He's gonna, he, he knows what he's capable of. Yeah, so, but do you think Bill kind of gives him a warning? Do you think he tells him, what do you mean he tells him what he's expecting? Yeah, what he expects of him is, yeah, it's going to be kind of the warning. Like, like he's going to tell him, like, be here on time, be here early. He's going to give him the whole spiel, you know. You know, you gotta you gotta turn some things around. I'm here for you to talk to if you have problems. Here's Bear's number. We'll help. We'll do our best to get you set up and make this transition. It's not going to just be like total dictatorship. It's not like that. Bill's got better people skills and 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 an ability to talk to the players than, yeah. than people realize. And then he's going to kind of just tell them that. And then he's probably going to call Josh in, or he's going to tell him to go see Josh McDaniels. And what's Josh going to be? And like? Josh is going to be like, "Hey, buddy," and you know he's going to kind of go through, he's and they're going to hand buddy. him a playbook like right away. I mean, it's going to be like he thinks he's going to come there and like get a meal and, hey, go to your room tonight and just start diving in the playbook. No. They're going to make his butt sit down, and I would think after Josh meets him, he brings him to Chad O'Shea, the wide receiver, yeah. and Chad O'Shea, he's going to get the short stick uh, for the night because he's probably going to have to, instead of doing what his job usually is on this kind of night, get him up to speed. He's going to have to also divvy that up to getting him Do up to speed. Do you think they play Detroit on Sunday night, I believe? Do you think that he's going to be active? Depends on the hamstring. Of course. Right? So we'll see how that if is. That's not a factor. Yes. Do you so, think they can get him up to speed in that short amount of time? I do. They're going to get him on the field, and they will give him a very small package of plays. Like, are, are they at a point where they're going to be like, Tom Brady's going to get it, and they're going to throw him in there, and then Tom's going to go, you're running a go. It, yes. Yes. Wow. Go. 
run, go run a post, run 20 yards and turn around. I'm going to throw a back shoulder. Stop. Like, it's going to be those things. You're telling me that he was saying, run, run to the car, turn around? They call some of that stuff sometimes. They call them stopper routes, and I used to love them. They literally will call it a stopper route, which is more than your back shoulder go route. It's a 25-yard stop route. So that's where Brady can go. Who stops after 25 I'm under, yards? That's right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> though That's the point. DBs go, they've got to be still going to run a go here. And especially someone like Josh Gordon, you're like, can't lose yeah, this race. Yeah, right. i got to go. i got to turn. I'm going to be on the Oh, SDN. gosh. And yes. And then Brady sees you about 18 to 20 yards, and he goes, oh, he's Release. about to stop right there. Let me throw it. And he leads him to that 25-yard spot and wow. why that other guy was able to run full speed to break down and stop at 25. So you're telling me... Josh Gordon should still be on people's fantasy teams this year. I would think so. Yes. I, now, I, now there's the other side. Yeah. Which is he goes there, he gets the playbook, mm-hmm. he talks to all these coaches. It shouldn't be a huge adjustment. Which I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but Todd Haley, his verbiage is going to be somewhat close which to New England. Which is interesting because on Hard Knocks, when Josh Gordon came back, yeah. he got the playbook, he said, oh, I remember all this stuff. None of this is really that different. Uh, oh, because, let's see. I wonder, I wonder. well, you know who else he had is um, down in Carolina's OC right now. Um, you know, Norv Turner? No, Norv, no, not Norv. No, I'm missing the guy. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, the, the guy... Is he the OC in... Uh, it's North Cam, uh, Mike Shula? No. No, it was no, North was Turner. A, who's the quarterback coach? Is his son? No, I'm thinking of the guy that was in Cleveland. Dorsey? No, that was in Cleveland when Josh... Uh, Scott I, Turner? Hold on a second. Just <laughs> let me explain it. Derek Anderson was the quarterback. Okay. Back in those days. Like 2012, 2000... I'm totally blanking on this guy. He's been in Indianapolis the last... Chudzinski. Chudzinski. Chazinski's offense and your thank you and your 2013 season the and thing you're talking and they about blew up that is that similar verbiage too because it is from the North Turner I mean uh, yes it's from that Parcells Chad Henney school of offense to where yes. it could be somewhat similar all sorry right, so thanks for saving me that's there. all good all right so this is actually I'm very interested in this Josh Gordon thing because it's a guy going to an organization that is super 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 buttoned up mm-hmm. and he's anything but buttoned up yeah which neither the- was a keep to lead. Which of these is more likely? He comes in there. He sees Belichick. He sees how organized it is. Tom Brady comes over, puts his hand on his shoulder and says, super happy to have you here. Let's go win a Super Bowl. Gronk, he sees how big Gronk is. And he goes, holy crap. And he goes, this is it. Or he sees Belichick. He sees the coaches. Tom Brady comes over and there's so much going on that he is actually repelled by it. And it's too intense for him. It's a great question. Because that's the I dynamic. Think th- I think it is the dynamic. I think it's it's one or the other. I am going to say he's going to embrace it. It's a magnet. You're either completely embraced by it or you're completely repelled. There ain't no half pregnant with Mostly the everybody is totally embraced by it right away. And then it's, it's it's what they've always thought it should be, right? What they thought it should be, this success, you're getting to meet all these huge godly figures and you're going, this is amazing. Yeah, it's not and Hugh Jackson. They, I can already tell they are way more detailed here than in Cleveland. Like Ooh. it's going to he's going to know that like pretty quickly and he's going to go, oh, "Okay. So there's going to be the intrigue." It's the big thing is like after 3 or 4 weeks are you buying in still then? Or is right. it starting to wear on you? Like, sure, it's got to wear on you. Right. And that's where, like, but Randy at the same Moss point, If he's flourished. catching touchdowns, 
Yes. It's a lot easier to handle. A lot easier. Yes. And everybody, of course, is going to be telling what a great job he did and all those things. But yes, if it gets off to a rocky start and now they're, you know, hey, you got to do this and you got to do that, then, yeah, that, that's the big question is where it goes from there. All right. Now I'm going to say this Patriots. Yeah. It's clicking. Yeah. It's the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You're facing Gronk, Gordon, Edelman, yeah. Hogan, James White, Rex Burkhead. And, oh, yeah, Sony Michelle's mm-hmm. back. Oh, I like the way he looked yesterday. Weapons, man. Yeah, I know. So you think this is going to work out, like, gloriously or just work out? Mm, I mean, Because jo- I feel like with Josh Gordon, if man. it's working out, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, I think, yes, if it's working out, it's going to be incredible. I'm going to say, yes, it works out. Wow. I am. I'm going to say it. So you're going to think he has a Randy Moss-like 2007 I think he's going to be a force to be, to be reckoned with here in the next few weeks. Yes. I don't know if I like that or not. I don't know if I want the Patriots to have him. I mean, I just, yeah, I don't know. What were the other teams trying to trade? The other teams that he apparently was rumored to want to go to was the 49ers and the Cowboys. Right, because Kyle knows what a freak he is. Earlier this afternoon, I wrote down that apparently in Vegas, the Eagles were the favorites Mm. to land him at even. Uh, And to make room for Josh Gordon, the Patriots are now announcing they are cutting Corey Coleman. So a Brown. For a Brown. For a Brown. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Fifth round pick. Fifth round pick. Uh, it's still crazy to risk that, yep. but it is what it is. It's not crazy for them. No, no. It's okay. They're trying to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. It's unbelievable the second chances you get when you're that talented. Yeah. I like your burping going on right now. I shouldn't have eaten food. Yeah. <laughs> I went and I did my, my betting segment with Allie for the show, which comes out Wednesdays at 8 o'clock on YouTube. That's right. Our betting expert, Allie, is 2-0. and oh, Who is he going to take in the battle between the Browns and the Jets on Thursday Night Football? Tune in Wednesday, 8 o'clock. Other stories we're going to get to after Sims's film room. The roughing the passer penalty with Clay Matthews. Carson Wentz is cleared. Eli Manning and what the hell is going on? The Vontae Davis retirement, Antonio Brown versus Odell, and a few other fan stuff. Quickly, I want to give a shout out. Happy birthday to Nima Zagari. You are the person. Give a shout out. Happy birthday to Nima. Happy birthday, Nima. And then also Austin Weber and his daughter. Right. They listen all the time. They really like us. She came up the name for his Twitter account, ATX Waffle Master. ATX Waffle. Austin, Texas, baby. Oh, that's, that's ATX, but I don't know. That's I, not. You're probably right. Yes. So shout out to Austin and his daughter, ATX Waffle Master. What up, ATX Waffle Master? I love waffles. Do you? Oh, yeah. Waffles. All right. Pick one. Hold on. Pick one. Right. Waffles. Pancakes, French toast. French toast wins every time. Every time, unless second it... is waffles. Yeah, third is pancakes. Yeah. Pancakes, I, I just can't trust how you're going to make it. It's, I only really trust my dad and my mom and my wife with pancakes. Crispy on the outside or completely soft? Uh, yeah, I like a little extra oil in the pan to make them crispy. Of course, because uh, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily need them crispy. But I don't want them like too doughy and gross oh, on the inside. Gross. I used to have a theory with my dad. I think the best part about pancakes is when you're making pancakes and a little bit of the batter gets on the side and they make the mini pancakes. Those like really little tiny ones and they get super crispy and you flip them. Me and my dad were like, here's going to be our business. We're only going to make little pancakes and we're going to sell them in a box instead of chocolate chip cookies. That's good. Just that's... crushing little pancake that's chips. That's good. That's great. It's great. You guys got a future. You and Bruce. That's all we used to Big do things. is come up with ideas. Big things. things. Shut up. We're trying to take over the world. Okay. Next, what we're doing, though, back to the Sims film notebook. Yep. 
Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. All right, so this is the first thing that I want to say. I'm noticing a lot of people right now loving on Patrick Mahomes, saying he's great. I'm seeing people taking credit for him. I believe that you were the first person to say, hey, look at Patrick Mahomes. Everybody was talking about Watson. Everybody was talking about Trubisky. Everybody was talking about these guys. I'm going to play you Sims and Lefko, the podcast, episode 109. And we got it on the Instagram right now, I think, right? I think so. Okay. Yeah, You're all about that. I'm all about it. April 13th, 2017, nearly a month before the draft, this is what Sims said about Patrick Mahomes. Like, Mahomes is going to go in the first round. I won't even be shocked if Mahomes ends up being the first quarterback taken. I think there's – I think Mahomes – Wow. Mahomes is – Mahomes is rising up boards. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many people – when we did our first Facebook Live show and we talked about Mahomes, how many people said I was kind of crazy to think he was the most talented. And now I have all those same people going, you know, Chris, the more I watch this Mahomes, he's really special. Yeah. And I want to be like, no shit. I mean – Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Mahomes, I think the more you watch him, you just go, yeah, this kid could be Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger. Like, it doesn't matter what system you put him in. Mm. He's a good enough athlete and that special of a thrower that he's going to make the system work. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So I would say the last few years, you were you were all over Carson Wentz before everybody, and you were all over Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I'd say those are two of my better ones. And I think – I don't think it's the reason we call our listeners the homies. Right. But – You've always had a special place for Patrick Mahomes. Well, I, I mean, because even before that, we did our film room, right, with him? Oh, yeah. But um, Oh, yeah. Well, we have the film room. We posted a segment on it on Facebook Live, and that was from, like, March. Yeah. So, and you were sitting there going, I mean, look at this. He's like Big Ben. Yes. I mean, of course, I start out with the quarterbacks every year. And, and in Mahomes that year, uh, I think I had watched Deshaun Watson first and Trubisky. And then I said, all right, let me check this Texas Tech kid out. I mean, he can't be that good. He went to Texas Tech. I don't know. It's a system quarterback. We hadn't really seen someone from Texas Tech. work. And, I mean, I turned on the film, and I was just like, wow, whoa, holy crap. This guy is unbelievable. This is not the system. He's the team. He's the offense. This isn't like we've thrown 900 bubble screens in the first quarter and our quarterback's 15 for 15 for 300 yards and hasn't thrown a ball past the line of scrimmage. It was him making one unbelievable play after another, and then not just being careless with it. I mean, he threw 41 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, I think, is his last year there. But um, I took a lot of flack from my some of my NFL friends uh, throughout that process, really, until they started to dive into it. And then I think when they started to see the pro day and they started to realize, like, whoa, this is like, whoa, big offseason. Yes. And this guy is special. But I had so many ex-front office people after they, they saw our film breakdown of him and, oh, dude, you're way too high on Mahomes and blah, blah, blah. And then, like I said there, a few weeks later, I started getting the text like, dude, you might be onto something, Mahomes. He's pretty special. And I want to make it, well, yeah, no crap. You mean you mean the guy that's one of the most physically gifted throwers? I'm onto something? Like, yeah, I mean, you know, it'd be like watching Tyree Kill and going, he's really fast, but I don't think he's that good. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I think also when I read the articles now and I realize that his dad was a major league baseball player. So you know that he's going to have that professionalism built in. Mm -hmm. That's what I've learned from you. When you grow up around it, you know how to handle it. It doesn't come as a surprise. It's tougher for the Josh Allens and the Sam Darnolds that 
they don't they're they're right. going this to this for the new. first time. Right, right. You know what it's like to be around major leaguers. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like to grow. And I read uh, Peter King's article today, Football Morning in America, talking about the the guidance that Alex Smith gave Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. And there's not a lot of quarterbacks that can put aside the ego right. and really teach a guy. Right. And I think that's part of the reason why the NFL loves Alex Smith so much. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that a little bit later too. Yeah. Um, but. It it was such a good year for him to sit, yep. and and what a beautiful transition process by the Chiefs. Amazing, and there there certainly is value to sitting, like we've talked about. I always prefer a guy to play. I, I'm not going to like change my, uh, you know, like view of that. But with a guy like Alex Smith, what really happens and a to scheme like Andy Reid's. What's that? To give him time to learn a scheme like Andy Reid's. Yes. Which would you agree with me is a lot about f- feel. Well, it certainly feel there's going to be a lot of formation usage, motions, movement, all those kind of things. Uh, it is it's definitely going to be one of the more complicated uh, systems. But the the big thing I think always taken from these kind of inst- like for instances is you really do like when people say, "Oh, we learned to be a pro," and people might be like, "Well, what the hell does that mean? Like, right. learn to be a pro?" It learn it means like what we saw in Hard Knocks, like like. Oh, Baker Mayfield, you want to be a star quarterback? Well, Tyrod Taylor gets there at 545 every day. And, oh, wait, so Alex, he gets the game plan and then goes into a room and he might draw up the plays that are new so he gets it in his mind or he writes the words down of the play so he can spit them out. It's all the little things and the process and what it takes to be at your best on Sunday is, I think, what you steal. I stole, of course, from Brad Johnson. And what he was doing, and I was just like, oh, okay, this is, Brad does this on a Monday? Okay, that's cool. I got to start doing that, too. And then when I became a starter, I started, okay, I'm doing that, but I'm also going to do this, too, and add my own little wrinkle to right. it. I'm going to get in here early on Thursdays and Friday mornings before special teams meeting and have this whole meeting to myself to break down things. That's why my hopes for Teddy Bridgewater go through the roof. Yeah. now he's with Drew Brees. Sure, right. But there, there Patrick is. Mahomes, let's talk about the dude with the arm Let's town. do it. All right, so you went and watched the film of the Steelers. Uh, week one was not a fluke. Week two is not a fluke. No. This is real. It's here to stay. Yes. Here are the five things that you wrote down about um, Patrick Mahomes. We're going to do the three things about Mahomes, and there are five things about defending Mahomes. Okay. So three things about Mahomes. If it's there, Mahomes is going to hit it. If it's there, like we always talk about what was there to be had, right? We and Blake Bortles is finally hitting what's there to be exactly had. Exactly right. Like, you know, we had years of Alex Smith not taking advantage of it. Or I always go back to the old Matt Schaub days of the Houston Texans where people are like, he was one of the five best-rated quarterbacks in football. Yeah, I know, but he threw four passes that were 40-yard gains, and that yes. was great. But – like the great quarterbacks put those throws on the screws and they became 70 yard touchdowns and people, Oh, they settled for a field goal. No, that was there to be had and they didn't take advantage of it. Mahomes never leaves that on the, on the, on the table. And not to say he hits every throw that's there. He had Sammy Watkins once, but, but it's always on his mind to have the aggressive play within reason. He doesn't overdo it and just throw jump balls. He's going, okay, the play is designed through this way. And if there's a crack in the armor on the defense, he is going to do his best to make you pay for and it. And no offense to Alex Smith, but he may have passed it up. Or yes. Du- or du- or Ooh, I don't like the way that looks. Let me be safe and conservative. Or Mahomes goes, I'm letting it rip. Oh, I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to let it rip and just wow you. You wrote, arm strength doesn't matter. Ha ha, ha ha, ha. Right. That's just to everybody out there where. 
every year during the draft. Oh, Sims, you only like the quarterbacks with strong arms. I know. I don't like the receivers who are fast, too. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. Damn, I like Odell and Tyree Kill. I'm crazy. I mean, so I get sick of that talk all the time because, yeah, you know why arm strength is important? Because of, like, he's making throws that almost nobody in the sport can make except certain people. So that's giving Andy Reid confidence to draw up more plays like that. Also, what people lose sight of is he throws a short throw to Sammy Watkins. The ball's on him so quick that Sammy gets to get it, and now he's got it, and the defender's not on him, and he makes a miss, and then he scoots up the sideline for 20 more yards. Those are little things arm strength does for you. It's not only about, oh, wow, he could throw it hard. It's about he makes plays that the defense goes, he can't throw this in there. Whoa, oh gosh, he got it. How the hell did he get that by me? So he does that. He gives the offensive play caller the confidence to draw up plays that he would never call or draw up for most quarterbacks. And then, of course, with his just great improvisational talent, I don't know how I'm saying that. Improvisational. Improvisational. Improvisational talent. I still got it wrong. (laughs) Either way, then he can also take advantage with that just with his great ability alone. But, you know, to say, again, arm strength doesn't matter. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, John Elway, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Ben Roethlisberger. That's right. He should retire, too. His year, the era's over. Sorry. Oh, yeah, that was really funny. During the game, you on Slack, be like, oh, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger sucks. Meanwhile, he threw for like 450 what? yards. I mean, like, I want to see all those people that put the memes out yes, last week about trashing him. They deserve to put memes out this week that go, like, Ben Roethlisberger is God, or Ben Roethlisberger is our team. How about that? I mean, that's what I would say to that. I mean, because your defense ain't worth talking about right now. Sorry, uh, I got off topic. Last thing you wrote about Mahomes. Mahomes is in the convo for best in the game. He is definitely one of the most dangerous. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no denying this right now. I mean, Mahomes is going... They played the 49ers this week. The, I mean, Patrick Soleil, the defensive coordinator of the 49ers, is going to be stressed all week. He's going to be like, damn. He is dangerous, and as long as he takes care of the football, this offense is going to be incredibly hard to defend. This is not going to be a die-out phase. It's not going to happen because he is too gifted, the offense is too creative, and he is going to take advantage of everything. And we talk a lot about what, Lefko, defending the whole field. And I would say... Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers make you defend the whole field more than any other quarterback in the sport right now. And let me just say, too, like, man, I mean, it was close to being a lot of other big-time plays. I mean, oh, he's going yeah. to throw a bomb to, to Tyree Kill if he doesn't step up into the pocket so aggressively one time and he takes a sack. Like, if he just slid up a little bit, it's going to be a bomb touchdown. You know, he missed the Sammy Watkins things I talked about the side, down the sideline. But, uh, yeah, I, I really... I can't say enough about it. And last thing to that point is... But might be best in the NFL. He's in this combo. I'm I'm not going to like... Yes. Like, who are you going to say that's really better than him right now? Who? Who are you going to say? Ryan Fitzpatrick. (laughs) Fitzpatrick's awesome. Rodgers is awesome. But, like, physically, the throws he's making... No. It's only only Rodgers can. You also wrote... What are you going to say? Tyree Kill? Where do you want to go? You wrote, Tyree Kill is uncoverable. 
he might be the best wide receiver in the league, seriously. Seriously. It's it's not like, again, I'm not trying to make headlines. I'm just telling you that you cannot cover him man-to-man, and even when he's double-teamed, he runs by the safety so fast that he might as, they might as not, well, not even waste the double-team on him. Like I said, the post over the middle, there was another play where he ran a post corner, and it's going to be a touchdown again, and he doesn't go, he, he gets pressure and had a scramble out of the pocket and he couldn't throw it to him and then what was the other play there was one other play where he went to the other side and he should have gone to Tyreek but either way Tyreek Hill is in that conversation I don't know how you can watch yesterday and go Tyreek Hill's not in Antonio Brown's class are you kidding me he is if not better I mean he's in that he's the most dangerous guy in the sport right now with the ball in his hands am I wrong with that I see. We just it's have to tough. come around it's tough to because it because I'm looking at the offense. I'm thinking about Mahomes. I'm I know. thinking about phrases that you say, yeah. like he makes the throws that other people can't make. Right. So I think about Odell on that offense. Yes. I mean, it would I think all about Julio every, on that offense. He would make everybody look good. But I don't know either way with slants and the speed sweeps and the go routes. So last week you were willing to say Tyreek Hill might be top Man. four. Now you're saying he might be top one. I mean, he deserves to be in that. Talk, whatever it's talk incredible. conversation. Yeah, he's he's unstoppable. And you're forgetting about the amount of resources defenses go. What, what, what do we do? Tyreek's over here. We can't leave Artie Burns on him man to man. We can't leave you know Cameron Sutton on him man to man. We can't do Mike Hilton. So the safety then has to cheat. Better unit. Yeah. In terms of weapons and athletes. Right. Jaguars defense or Ooh. Chiefs offense? I'll still go with Jaguars D. Chiefs, it's Tyreek, Sammy, Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt. The fact that I often forget about Kareem Hunt. I know. And then Spencer Ware. Yeah. And I, I mean, and they got Demarcus Robinson catching touchdowns, Chris Conley. It's awesome. And their O line has been a pleasant surprise. How were they so different than their preseason film? I think there was just a. Patrick Mahomes getting a feel for himself, what he can and can't get away with. They didn't unleash the kitchen sink. They kept it pretty basic. Yeah, apparently, it Andy Reid, yeah, dirty dog. It was you. just normal West Coast stuff. Def- what were you going to say? And then, no, that was it. And go ahead. Defensively, I was going to say, defending Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You wrote that if you don't touch or disrupt the slot seams, you have no chance. You wrote the Steelers don't know what the fuck to do. They're messing up assignment. Hayward and Tuit are losing the battle inside. They are. Even on the good that? plays, somebody was open and they got lucky. Pit two man was the only thing that kind of worked. Kind of worked. And he did a good job recognizing two man one time and ran around the end because there's nobody to cover. The, the, the saying in the NFL is when a team plays two man, who's the sixth wide receiver? You are because there's no one to cover you. So if you don't see anything, run because nobody's there to attack you. Two safeties in the back. And, and everybody else, else is, is playing man to man five on five underneath, right? And... That at least made him those hold legs the ball. Too. Right, and he does a good job, and um, that did slow them down. But getting back to, like, you know, you saw the first seam route, the rifle, you know, to the left side to Chris Conley for the touchdown. Then the next touchdown was the rifle to the right side Kelsey. by Travis Kelsey. Pittsburgh's trying to cover the seams with their outside corners. Do you so you, you hear impossible. me? It's it's definitely if impossible posts. if they're not jamming the guy that's in the slot. How can you expect the corner to go? Okay, we'd like you to not let the outside receiver run a fifteen yard comeback. 
So don't let him just have free access. We're going to try to drop somebody underneath you to protect the shorter routes. And then when you see the seam route, we need you to go there to steal it. Run over really quick. Right. It's impossible if nobody's jamming that guy at the line of scrimmage. What happens so many times is they got free access. Yeah. And Mahomes just, where's the safety? I'm going opposite. Have fun trying to stop this 105-mile-per-hour fastball. So how do you stop them? I don't have an answer for you at this point. I don't. It's going to take an incredible... You're going to have to play them through your offense, right? You're going to have to hope to run the football, take them out of the rhythm this way. You you have to have some man-to-man corners. Yes. Which Pittsburgh doesn't have enough of them at this point. Yes. Teams like Jacksonville. October 7th. I mean, that's they're going to be the team where you're going to go, okay, they can physically Three do some weeks. things. Yeah. Three weeks. Mm-hmm. In Arrowhead. Yeah. Jaguars at Chiefs. That's going to be awesome. Ended up being the game of the year. I mean, you know, and the Chiefs, their defense, hey, I'm still not going to sit here and tell you that's anything special. No, they've let up like 70 points <laughs> in two games. <laughs> right, right. But it's better for us. I mean, it's amazing to watch. Uh, football Outsiders, they do DVOA, where they rank. Uh, it's a little bit more mathematic than just going off of total yards. Right. The Chiefs have the number one offense, the number one special teams, and the 32nd ranked defense yeah, right now. That's about right. It's a really fun team to watch. Yeah. I guess my follow-up question is, we've seen this with the Chiefs for a number of years. Not going anywhere. Start off 5-0 and and then flame out. You don't think that happens this year? Well, I, I don't think they're going to continue to win every football game. I doubt they go five and six and zero. Oh. Um, but they're at the end of the day. I have no doubt or no fear saying this: they are so much more of a dangerous offense and will be in just about every game they play in to the very end because you can never count them out. And with his physical ability coupled with Andy Reid. We're seeing the first quarterback ever in the Andy Reid era that can truly take advantage of every aspect Andy Reid can bring to an offense. Donovan McNabb, hey, he was really good, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but it was deep balls or screens. That's all he could hit. He can never hit the 20-yard in cut or the 20-yard out route. Never. you got a guy now that can do all that stuff and all the stuff in between. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right, before we get to Deshaun Watson, I want to do some of the other stories uh, just to kind of get in before yeah. we do this other film room. The roughing the passer penalty against Clay Matthews mm-hmm. that pretty much gave the Vikings a tie yeah. because it, it extended the game. It removed the interception. Tony Guarini, the ref, said that Matthews lifted Cousins and drove him to the ground. Here, all preseason, we emotionally got ready to be upset about all the helmet rules. But because we were ready for it, after three weeks, they changed the rule. But the entire time, this whole put, like, dead weight rule it's what's not, going it's not, on. It's, what are they calling it burping it's like body weight it's like burping there's this actual really yes for the lifting and doing it because it's a little different than the body weight thing that is i look i think quarterbacks are already overprotected a little mm-hmm. bit but that was egregious it changed it, it changed a win to a tie it changed a loss to a tie it's stupid i don't know what else to say and you know i've heard some people like well, he called it to the letter of the law. Well, great. I mean, there's a lot of other penalties on the field that are not called to the letter of the law every time. So why do we always pick like these kind of ones to go to the letter of the law? I've seen people lower their crown of their helmet like 10 times and it hasn't been called. Why aren't we calling it to the letter of the law? This to me, especially at that time of the game, it's just it's it's over 
And to me, again, the penalties in place for the egregiously wrong. Like, okay, there is a time when the guy does legitimately pick somebody up and like legitimately like makes... Warren Sapp on that running back. Right. Something like that. Yeah. Right. Where you go, okay, that should not be allowed in this game. Like a body slam, WWF style. No. Clay WWE. Matthews was running and lowered his shoulder into a guy's waist at the exact time he was and throwing. wrapped his arms as he was doing it. And let me just say, when a guy that's 260 is running and wraps his arms, people tend to come off the ground a little bit. Unless you're tackling Russell Okung, who's <laughs> 350 pounds, everybody's going to come off the ground. And to add that, the call on Rodgers with Michael Ke- uh, Kendricks it was Eric Kendrick. Sorry. Yeah. They called the same thing early in the game. It's horrible. I want it there only for when you're truly putting the player in danger. And yes, again, I mean, I'm, I hope Green, Green Bay fans are happy they paid all that money to see Tony Carrenti steal the show as the best player in the field once again. Uh, happy for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Though. Yes. Thank you for going back to that. Yes. I mean, yeah. Okay. Kirk Cousins. It's, it was very funny. I got very upset after that preseason game when I thought they were doing this whole church of Alex Smith about how, oh, Alex Smith is better than Kirk Cousins. In, the, in your words, you think Washington fans were watching that game and they watched Alex Smith not be able to put like any touchdowns on the board against the Colts and they see Cousins throw four touchdowns, won an incredible throw to Thielen. That touchdown throw to Diggs was perfect. And he did it the week before too. Cousins was balling. Baller. 22 points in the fourth quarter in Lambeau Field. That's what you pay him for. Against Aaron Rodgers. Right. That's exactly why they pay him. You're right. Like, hey, dude, we need you to come out here and show up against Aaron Rodgers. rival. Right. And he did that. And I think people, he hasn't got the credit even today as I just like scour the internet and all those things. Nobody talks about, hey, Kirk Cousins played one of the best games of the day. Other than Patrick Mahomes and Ryan Fitzpatrick. It was probably Kirk Cousins. Right. Exactly right. And... Yes, that should silence all the haters in Washington, D.C. who were mad. I don't know if they're mad he stole RG3's job, what it is. But you could see there that he's a special thrower of the football, and he is aggressive. And that is why they came back in that football game. They were out of it. And then when he threw that bomb to Diggs, Then it was like, whoa, I know. Yeah. Um, There was a lot of things in that game. I mean, Green Bay controlled the fourth quarter. Had the ball almost the whole fourth quarter because Minnesota's drives were so quick. It was a two-play, seventy-five-yard yes, yes, drive, yes. right? It was uh, there was then the last eight-play, seventy-five-yard drive in a minute fourteen. Wow! So that was, of course, incredibly quick. They had did one other drive. I do give um, um, Minnesota's defense for hanging in there and being on the field that much in the fourth quarter. You know, we talk about their lack yeah. of depth. It didn't come into play, but I'll say this at the end of all ends. If Aaron Rodgers was healthy on both legs, that game would have been over with. Aaron Rodgers in the red zone. First of all, Devontae Adams dropped the ball. Uh, Then there was also the third down throw that was the back shoulder. And, you know, know, we we might want to make fun of Mike McCarthy and say, how do you not run the ball there? No, he tried to put them away with the best player on his team and the best player in the league, and I'm never going to fault him for that. But I do think if Rodgers has one leg or two legs that are working, those plays – 
he wouldn't be concerned about getting it out so quick. He would have bought more time. Right. And he would have danced around. Manipulated and, the defense. Right. And then attacks the line of scrimmage. Somebody comes up and he throws to that guy wide open. And you go, whoa, well, how does he do that? All the reports were it's going to be about four or five weeks yeah. for him to be fully healthy. Yeah. But if he did what he did yesterday against most defenses right. in the NFL, they'll, they'll be still okay. win by 20. They'll be okay. Uh, Their defense is the encouraging thing, too. I love it. I know. Even though they messed it up there at the end. I love Jair and Josh, athletes on the back. No doubt. It's nice. It is. Josh is better than I gave him credit for. Yeah. He is. Self-scout. The actual best player in the NFL is back. Carson Wentz, (laughs) medically cleared. It's going to start this week against the Indianapolis Colts. Are you a little bit surprised that as soon as he's cleared, he's starting, or that's the way Nick Foles was kind of? I was surprised. I thought like, maybe no, they would go one more week, like of just going. They're like, no, he's ready. Do you think a part of it's because they lost Mike Wallace, Alshon's still not there, Mac Hollins is out, and the only way they're going to win with that kind of receiving core is with somebody like Carson? It was total panic time. I mean, I think that's where they've gotten. I mean. Hey, the stats look good at the end of the day. You know, last yesterday, yeah, 35 for 48 for 334. But there was really nothing to speak of the first three quarters. No. It right? was a lot of screens. It's a uh, lot of crap. I know Eagles fans are like, where the hell was Dallas Goddard? They got right. these random people playing. Right. They have huge issues right now at wide receiver. Yes. And their defense is a huge liability. It really is. So it's... Carson's going to have to put on his magic hat again. Yeah, he is. I think so. I mean, your secondary is scary right now. I, I have not watched that film, of course, yet. I'm going to be interested to watch. We were talking in the hallway, though. Let yes. up a lot of yards to the Falcons. If they didn't make all those goal line stops, it, it could have been an issue. No doubt. And then my, my one thing with the Bucks, and we're going to get to Fitzpatrick in a second, is you know the, the monster plays. Mm-hmm. First play, I go, I go, you know, as long as Jalen Mills doesn't get beat deep, first play, 75 yards to Sean Jackson on Jalen Mills. Just no safety help. Too many times on an island where I just want to go – Hey, Jim Schwartz, I, I respect you, but who do you think you got out here? Yeah. Who? Like, receivers in the NFL this day and age? I just, there's some of them you just got to go, I got to pick my spots yes. when to play man-to-man. And I think that Carson can help out the defense because Carson had this incredible ability last year of third and long. No doubt. Keeping the team on the field. Exactly. And if they can keep the offense on the field Time and also let the defense great. play with a lead yeah. and change up the way they're playing, mm-hmm. but... Carson needs to get out there, extend drives, get the defense off the field. Don't worry, Carson. Uh, you left, and, and we're giving it right back to you the way it was back in the beginning. It's all you. Do it by yourself. But the offensive line's been great, which and, is nice. And, uh, yeah, I mean, but your point about, like, he will help the defense is totally correct. Yeah. yeah. That's the biggest thing. You Foles guys on third down. You guys led just... football in time of possession last year. Yeah. And, and that was because of Carson Wentz on third down. Right. So we'll see. Um, and he's playing Indy. Not a bad defense to start off against. No, it's not. Uh, Eli Manning. Ursiah44 asked us, is Blake Bortles better than Eli Manning? It's a good question. He is. Blake Bortles is going to be in the top 40 in the NFL for me. Okay? I mean, he's he's gone up to the top 40. It's impressive. He is. He's made a jump between... And again, I also want to say, it is the New England Patriots who had the fourth worst pass defense in football last year, and they lost their second best player on defense to free agency. So before we crown Blake Bortles as the champion of all throwing gods, okay, let's just remember that the Patriots pass defense is nothing to write home about. But yes, if you gave me and said, hey, one game, Chris Sims, Bortles or Eli Manning, I'm taking Bortles. 
Bortles at least will stand in there and take shots. Bortles will at least run out of the pocket and make some plays. Bortles will at least stand in there and go, damn, I'm going to get hit, but I'm going to give Dante Moncrief a chance to go up and get this ball. Eli is collapsing. You said earlier today he looks at the pass rush, then looks up, and then looks back down at the pass rush. And then he preemptively sacks himself. I There's nobody that goes down quicker in football than Eli Manning. Okay? And then uh, he is... He is... I think out of the 32 starting quarterbacks, I don't think it's really a discussion right now. He's the least athletic out of all 32. Is that, I mean, am I wrong with that statement? Do I need to pull up the teams there? I mean, I'm going to pull them up just so I make sure I'm, I'm correct here. Okay. It's him or Sam Bradford. And I think Bradford's more athletic than him. I'm giving Bradford the nod. I thought he was going to die when Jalen Smith hit him. Well, I mean, his face looked like he wanted, like, I mean, his his face is like, Oh, don't hit me. Well, but that's what I assume all faces are when you're getting hit by a middle linebacker. Damn, I don't know. I don't think I made those faces. I was like, I might have been clinching, but I was like, I was saying things like, fuck this guy. Like, at least I had <laughs> some anger said, in me. You yeah, fuck him. <laughs> oh, now that hurt. Gosh, damn it. And you think Eli's like, oh, God, no. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. He's going to hit me square. Um, It was a bad look. And I'm not going to totally sit here and bag on him all the way because I know the offensive line was not good. I've never seen an offensive line that actually has the numbers to pick up blitzes and things, and they mess ways up on passing off stunts, or the linebacker goes through this gap and the center should take him, and now the tackle's looping around and the so guard should take him. you're watching them do what they're supposed to do, but just not, not do it doing right. it. They can't. They're a step slow or they don't get there. Yeah. And then, of course, his inability to want to throw the ball and get hit and... I felt uh, bad. I mean, I, I felt like he was setting Saquon up to get hit by three people every play. I mean, yes. Well, uh, it was like, here, you deal with it. I, I mean, that's. I don't think that's an unfair statement. Here's I, some what? Well, I mean, I'm just pulling them up, pulling up the list. To right. be fair, here's the Giants' offense. The Giants have not scored 30 points in a game since week 17 of the 2015 season. Right. That is a streak of 34 games. The Giants, other than the 68-yard run, Saquon has 66 yards on 28 carries. So that one run against Jacksonville is 51% of his yards. Mm -hmm. The big talking point right now, after every game, Sims, the Giants took a running back over Sam Darnold. The Giants took a running back over Josh Allen. Sure, That's the number one thing. That's what the Giants fans wanted. See, all the Giants fans, I can't stand them right now up here in New York. Because they're all sold now. They all think Eli stinks now. Well, now they think he stinks, but they also make excuses for him. Even last week, it was still that old line. Okay, did you see Tom Brady yesterday? Yeah, he was under duress kind of, huh? It's Jacksonville. And Dallas is good up front, too. They're really good. But They were all over Cam but Newton. The, all we heard all offseason from the Giants, oh, if they get him a better offensive line and get him some more talent around him, well, damn, he's got an all-star talent around him, okay, as far as at the skill positions. The O-line is a little better, but I'd like to remind everybody, Justin Pugh just got paid to be one of the best guards in football. He's up there. Weston Richburg was paid as one of the best centers in football. So, you know, yes, yeah, some of this has to go back to Eli. And, yeah, I mean, I just think – you know, Eli is he's towards the bottom of the list as far as starting NFL quarterbacks. He is towards the bottom of the list. I mean, what else is there to say? There's definitely backups in the league that are better than Eli. 
I don't know. Everyone thinks I'm going to think I'm a hater because my dad was a quarterback. I don't give a shit about Phil Simms or anything. I'm just telling you and keeping it real. Uh, one other quick thing about this game from Dak. After, other than that Tavon Austin play, Dak was 15 for 24 for 96 yards. Yeah. St- the offense still stinks. They did nothing in the past game. The only thing they brought to the table last night was the quarterback design runs which at least kept the chains moving, yeah. gave Ezekiel Elliott a few seams in the run game. Still don't have confidence But still, team. it's just not enough. No, and it's, hey, their defense, it's something to be, it's a yeah, force. It is. I mean, we saw in week that one. Heath guy can really run. He can. Holy crap. And he Byron chased down Ingram, and Ingram was like, holy crap, you're yeah, here already? Right. How dare you, Yeah. you white safety. Exactly. Uh, other big story yesterday before we get to Deshaun Watson and all that. Uh, I shouldn't be out there anymore. Halftime, Vontae Davis, Bills, retires. He released a statement. He said, while I was on the field, I just didn't feel right. I told coaches I'm not feeling like myself, and it's important to walk away healthy. He literally looked at the team and said, y'all go on without me. I'm going to retire. Definitely haven't heard that before. Never. I'm torn because there's the football side of me. It's like, you're a quitter. And then there's the other side that I've always heard from people. That is, if you're not going 100%, you're going to get yourself killed. Right. But what it, it took it took a game and a half of being on the field to realize that? Well, maybe it takes losing to the Bills by 40 and then the losing Chargers. to the Chargers by 30 to go... I don't know if this is worth it. Like, do I really want to be on the last place team in football? I don't know. I, I, I understand that. It's hard for me to defend it. Totally. I'm trying to empathize. No, I know. I mean, hey, well, I, I don't your, want anybody I want your, to get I want hurt your real take, and though. do anything. I don't want them to get hurt or do anything like that. But damn, that's just messed up. That's kind of against the letter of the law in the NFL. Like, you were there with us all week. Yeah, but you don't have to do the letter of the law straight. Well, no, but... <laughs> but... You were there with us all week, game planning, doing all of that. And, oh, shit got real in the first half, and you don't like the way it turned out, and you're just going to say, see you guys, go out there and finish it off. I'm going home, and I'm going to go watch the restaurant on the couch. What if Sean McDermott at halftime was like, if you don't want to be here, get up and leave. And Vontae Davis, like, stood up. I, it doesn't sound like that's, that's what happened. That's not what happened, no. but it's like. If, if, if he... I I really I really am interested to hear how it happened because if he did like publicly say this in the locker room where lots of players could have, I I would have a hard time thinking that somebody wouldn't have tried to beat his ass in the locker really? room. Really? Yeah. Like a guy like Lorenzo Alexander, you could tell how heated he was yeah. after it. Like you just, you know, it, it's this is a grown man sport and people expect you to be they understand the business and all that, but accountable for your actions. And yeah, there they are. First half, it looks like a disaster, and you just decide, you know what? I've had enough. Uh, just that's that would piss me off too. I can't imagine that. I know. I, in a in a way, can I don't know why I was thinking it helped rally the team. Where where going forward, you can go. You're not quitters. I don't think they even knew it all the way. Like from the way Lorenzo Alexander explained it, is like he's they, like you know as much they, as I do. They kind of just told him like, hey, he's not going to be out here with us for this half. And then I bet you, as the game went on, the whispers through the sideline. Fourth quarter, he's out of the game. He finally hears like, hey, what happened to Vontae? And he retired, man. He he went home. Like, mm. and that's when guys should be like, are you? Effing kidding me? That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. I've never seen that. I've never seen anyone quit on the team. I don't. I can't think of anything like that. Not even retire, just like pull themselves out. 
Um, no. That's wild. Yeah. Antonio Brown. Mm. Antonio Brown today on Twitter, someone said, you're lucky you got drafted there for all your stats, and he responded with, trade me, let's find out. It's a laundry list of things that have happened with Antonio Brown the last week that for some reason I don't hear a lot of people talking about. No. During the game, he was seen yelling at teammates and coaches on the sideline after he was pulled. Uh, last week, a reporter came out and was, I guess, writing about the Steelers, and he responded on Twitter to the guy, wait till I see you, bro. We're going to see what your jaw is like, and didn't respond. And then had to do an apology. Right. And then after the game on Sunday, he left the locker room immediately. It's reminding me of something we talked about during his Gatorade fiasco. It reminded me of when he did the Facebook Live in the, the locker room. He is doing things and no one's talking about that if Odell did these things, everybody would be talking about. I mean, I know you and me were on the same page with that story right away because yeah, we've always felt like Odell has been treated unfairly and not saying he's been perfect, but I just don't understand. I, I was shocked that no talk shows this morning are talking about everyone's fantasy star player is threatening the media of throwing shots at his jaw. Like, not even a story where I just feel like if Cam Newton said that, if Ben Roethlisberger said that, if Odell Beckham Jr. said that, if Tom Brady said that, everyone would go, this is the problem with this guy. If Des Bryant right? said that, he's not even on a team. I know. It's, it's, all of them would have been held to a different standard. Why I, is Antonio treated I, differently? I, I, I don't know. Is it because he, he has was... a million dollar smile? Is it because he's he a was, six round pick? That's what I was going to You say. think so? So he's the under, you know, he's the every man's dream guy. Yeah, underdog story. Underdog story. Is that what it is? Is it just, hey, listen, I, he does have a million dollar smile. He's great on social media. Business is booming. But I, it doesn't give you a free pass to be a douchebag. He said Lefko really funny. Let, let go. Yeah. I know. I mean, he's, I get it. He's got charisma. Is there anything to the fact that he was the only guy to, to support Le'Veon Bell? Could there be an issue there? And then remember, I brought this up in the meeting earlier today. We don't have meetings for the podcast. This is for the moment. That's for the show. But I said he was also the guy where earlier this offseason, he was berating all the local media for never being able to just walk around Miami. Everyone's writing a story about him or taking shots at him. It looked... It looks like he's getting tired of the gold, the the fishbowl. Yeah, right. It looks like he's being he's tired of people debating him or arguing about him. It just he seems almost fed up with it. What? Well, and it's bleeding into the field. Yeah, I would be tired too. Why? Why is he reading tweets? That's well, a great question. Like why? Well, what? What do you? What? What do you care that? Well, it's hard for you as a non-social media user. Yes. Uh, a lot of us, it's just kind of ingrained where we open our phone, we check Twitter, we click on that little mentions thing, and we interact with people. Okay. like I, can... I also think it's hard for him right? because I bet if you're the six-round draft pick that goes out there the first few years and you're not really doing commercials yet, but you're killing it on fantasy, all of your mentions are, I love you, bro. You're the best, bro. And now... 
he's starting to get some of that negativity right. and maybe he's just not used it's to the seeing first time, it. right? Yeah. Because I'm sure he went in there and he's like, hell yeah. Pop that dopamine, right. positive, 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 positive. And now he's just not used to it. Damn. I mean, just can't he go on Twitter and not read stuff about him or go back to That's the old, fun. what is he going to do? Learn, go back to the old Chris Sims saying, I'm sick of unqualified people making qualifying statements about, I mean, who the hell cares what that, the guy's saying. Yeah. He doesn't really know. So when you're that big and that famous, letting anybody be able to communicate to you just does not sound like a smart idea or something I'd want. No. You know? It's a bad look yesterday. You know, it's a bad look because the way he acted, he didn't stand there in front of the reporters after he threatened to see right. what the guy's jaw is and right. answer up and own to that. And then, of course, Juju Smith-Schuster was the star receiver on the field. He was amazing. So all of that looks just bad in Antonio that he's like not willing to be accountable for his actions or not willing to talk to the media unless he's the star of the show at wide receiver. Apparently, he's also like tweeting at former Steeler employees, too, and all that stuff. Well, I know. I think there's, that's what they think. They think the person he was oh. tweeting at is an ex-Steeler scout or something like that. I mean, I'm just going to ask the question. Yeah. How much does Tomlin need to kind of get these guys in line? Ooh. Kind of lets those guys do their thing. He does. He always has. And they usually repay him by being ballers. And I know it's not always been perfect. Yeah, um, yeah they're, they're, they, they're, it's a soap opera there right now. I don't think there's any denying that. They're all one and one, and they got to get things straight. You know, in week one, it was the offense that was the problem with turnovers and the defense looked good. Let's not forget Tyrod Taylor's 15 for 40. They scored 21 points, and one of those touchdown drives was a one yard, one play drive. Man, their defense played amazing. The first, but this week was a different animal coming into town, and the defense fell apart. And they thought they were going to play an easy team this week. Oh, but it's the Tampa Bay Bucks and Ryan Ooh, Fitzpatrick. Man, Ryan Fitzpatrick leads the league in passing yards. I don't know. I know that Jameis is the better quarterback, but how do you make the switch? I saw a few things yesterday mm -hmm. that make me go, "Oh crap!" He's got the team right. He's wearing Deshaun Jackson's yeah. clothes in the press conference. Right. Before the game, there's video of him rubbing beards with an offensive lineman on his team. Like they're touching their beards together. Yeah. And then I'm seeing, I'm hearing that Jameis texted all the receivers, awesome game. And, you know, and they all said, oh, he's a great team player. But how do you turn it over? Knowing that this is all going to end. And when it does, we're all going to look at each other and we're going to laugh and we're going to go, oh, the Ryan Fitzpatrick cycle's hilarious. He comes in, he has a few big games, he convinces us that he's changed, and then he falls on his face and you should have gone to Jameis. But I just saw a lot of things yesterday that made me think, the team likes Ryan a lot. Mm -hmm. Deshaun Jackson's got to... Letting another man wear his jacket. Jameis couldn't even hit Deshaun Jackson last year. Now he's going off under Fitzpatrick. What do you think? I think it's a long time before Jameis plays. Really? I do. I think at this point, you know, when you just break it down and look at their schedule, okay, so this week, like you said, Monday Pittsburgh, night. Pittsburgh, Monday night. Right. That turned into an amazing Monday night game out it, of nowhere. It really did. And then the week after that is the Chicago Bears. He's at least afforded himself at this point, no matter what happens, he's going to be the starter Week six against the Atlanta Falcons after the bye that, week. You think he's earned at least three more weeks? After, if not more, maybe, with this kind of performance. I mean, if he goes out there and loses the Pittsburgh Steelers and still plays well, that'll probably buy him another two weeks after that. 
Wow. Yeah. I, so if he plays well against Pittsburgh, you see him starting until week eight. Yes. And I, I don't I don't get the sense just from the people I know around the league. I don't think Tampa likes Jameis Winston anymore. You don't think so? I don't think so, no. I, I don't, don't know if Dirk ever liked Jameis I don't know, Winston. but I, I, I have heard that that relationship has certainly soured. Maybe I'm wrong, but I know I know people in the league, and that's what I've heard. But they certainly can't think that Fitzpatrick is the answer, because the thing is, is you might not like him, yeah. and we strongly disagree with so many of his actions as a human. Mm-hmm. Jameis is 24. Fitzpatrick is no more. Yeah. Like, he's got, I don't know, a year or two left. I mean, he's playing out of his mind, right. so all respect. It's all going to be, I think, where the organization of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Glazer family, Jason Light, Dirk Cutter, where they are with Jameis Winston. Like, I, I wouldn't be shocked if they're going, we're wiping our hands clean of him this year, after this year. We've had enough. We don't trust him. All of those things. So if that's the case, then they're going to let Fitzpatrick play until he absolutely falls on his face into where they're like, Okay, guys, it's been three weeks in a row, and it's twelve interceptions and no touchdowns. Like, mm. it's gonna take like crap like that. You know, it's it's horrible. They haven't scored a point, wow. and he's he's throwing the throwing interceptions everywhere. I mean, they have one of the best mismatch teams there is too. Deshaun Jackson, Mike Evans, OJ Howard, uh, the uh, Chris Godwin, yeah, um, Humphrey. Humphrey, I mean, they're they got guys, they got 50, guys. 50 nightmares. And the biggest thing is what your Eagles D line couldn't make a mess of them. Second week in a row, second week in a row. The one th- and they're a, a new group that we thought was special, right? Couldn't push around that old line. They got a big old line so that you're starting usually, to believe. Them. I, I mean, two weeks like that, I gotta go. Man, only two sacks in a game where. He dropped back to throw the ball 33 times, and Fletcher Cox is one of them, which he's almost a guarantee for a sock, a sack every week. I don't yeah. care if the offensive line has five incredible Donovan hulks there. Smith, Ali Marpet, Ryan Jensen, Caleb Beninock, DeMar Dotson. Yeah. I feel like those guys were there last year. I, they were. They were. I, they were. It's just it's a big group. It's another year of being together. Dirk Cutter's probably readjusted the way he's taught things or, or called in protections, and they got to figure it out. Uh, the other thing is... My one note about why I don't think it's sustainable other than the fact that it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Six of their nine touchdowns are 34 yards or longer. Right. They had two 75-yard touchdowns. It's not a ton of sustained drives. Obviously, explosive plays are everything. Hard to keep going. Yes, it is. But Ali Cook asked us, Ali Cook, if we beat the Steelers on Monday night, do you think we are legit playoff contenders, or are we already with two wins over Super Bowl-tipped teams? I... I got to see a little bit more. I'm not, I mean, it's the first two weeks. Of it's the year. first two weeks. It's been an impressive offensive showing. They did not stop New Orleans one time. Let's not forget Gillisley fumbled, yeah. Mike Thomas fumbled, or that game would have been to the very yeah, end. We don't have that issue with the Chiefs. Right. What's that? We don't have that issue with the Chiefs. No, 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 you're right. I mean, what are you saying? I'm saying that we think the Chiefs are contenders. Oh, I, I get you. It's also Patrick. Yeah, yeah. But, but, but no, I think also. You know, the other thing, too, yeah, the defense, I guess I have that question. And you're right. It's 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 still Fitzpatrick, and it's two games. Yes. And, yes, there's weapons, but I got to see, I guess, We're not believing it because it has all the signs of something that we're yeah, not ready to believe right. in. But I will apologize. And for you played when... Philadelphia yesterday. Who's, your offense has been struggling. Struggling. I mean, period. But I want to apologize for when we did our season preview, and when I read the first three games of the Bucks, I went Saints, Eagles, Steelers, loss, loss, loss. Yes. And thus far, it's been win-win. And I might pick the Bucks to beat the Steelers. 
Because if they win, holy oh my cow. gosh, Steelers start off 0 2 and 1. Jeez. All right, let's do Deshaun Watson. Uh, you wrote about yeah. Deshaun Watson. Everything is a step slow. Yeah. Slow to run, slow to pull the trigger, slow to slide in the pocket. Has to be thinking of his knee. Yes, I do. I feel like he's watching the rush more this year than ever. Than, than I remember last year. He's taking peaks. When people get close to him, he's worried about getting his legs off the ground. So he doesn't want to get his leg caught. I have to think that's part of it. But yes, it's all a little slow. It's, you know... Subtle slide up in the pocket. If you just, oh, just slide up, you're going to hit the in cut for 20 yards. And he's a hair slow stepping up. And somebody grabs him. And then, oh, he goes to the ground in a sack. Or he has to escape the pocket, throw it away. Oh, all you have to do is that. Or, hey, there's a crosser open. Let it loose. But he takes the extra hitch to, like, am I seeing it clearly? Mm. You know, you talked about it. And I heard you earlier this morning. He seems reluctant to run. There, no question. There was a few times no where question. it was, like, third and four. And I said, just get that first down. Just take off. And he just sat there. He just sits there. And I, I have to think the knee plays into that to a degree. It, Do you it, think this is something he grows out of this year? I would think so. Yes, I would. And I think those are things that Billy O'Brien's going to see. He and puts he's the laser see. pointer on it and goes, "Can you? you need to run there. Yeah, right. Or, hey, I mean, make an aggressive move up into the pocket here. Don't just sit here and bounce in the same spot. He's bouncing the Feel the game. pocket. Move in it. Uh, you also wrote, you did write that the ball is pure out of his hands every I mean, time. The, the ball is pure every time. It's yeah. a perfect spiral. Uh, it looks pretty every freaking throw. You are, though, questioning some of the play calling. Yeah. You said these long-developing pass plays have to go. Right. This offensive line can't protect. Billy O needs to watch some Chiefs film. Yes. they they got to start getting people's head on a swivel a little bit. It can't just be smash mouth, Billy O'Brien, pulling guards, going to obliterate you, and then play action, and we expect Deshaun Watson to sit back there for nine seconds to, and then make a big throw. Their whole line is injured. It's not very good. Um, they're keeping people in the max protect, and teams are – it doesn't really matter. They're still beating the matchups, right? So it doesn't matter. Rankins is an issue at left tackle. You wrote slow and sloppy. Slow and sloppy. They got to do more on that side of the ball, though. Whether it's speed sweeps, the biggest thing to me that I took away is – Hey, I know they're going to stay consistent with the run. Lamar Miller still looks phenomenal, but they got to get make sure they get their three receivers on the field. Fuller, Ellington, Hopkins is a pretty special three, and they can stress defenses out. And they're on the field together. In the a first lot? half, it was only it was always eleven per. I mean, twelve personnel. It was one back, two tight ends, and it was either Fuller and Hopkins or it was Fuller and Ellington. And I felt like it kind of played into. Um, Tennessee's hands a few times. They just basically said, oh, okay, well, you know, we'll cover these two guys. Uh, you'll keep your max protection in, two tight ends a block, and those tight those linebackers that were supposed to cover them, we're going to have them add on and blitz. Oh, okay. Well, your plays are taking so long to develop, and, and you're not protecting, not and he's not running as well, and it's all just becoming a disaster. So this is one of those teams where – from a betting perspective, I'm wondering when are they going to flip the switch? Yeah, and I don't know that yet, so I would That's say be care, be careful about them. You know, because uh, when they do, yes, they can be dangerous. You know, there there it is. Yesterday, there's this is another example. Like we saw last week, he throws the deep post for an yes. interception, fifty yard bomb intercepted by a Dory Jackson, exactly, which is a phenomenal play. If he just looks to his left, Bruce Ellington's going to have a wide-open touchdown pass. He has beaten Butler on a go route. 
the play I know was designed for DeAndre Hopkins, but it was one to two, and DeAndre Hopkins was doubled from Jump Street. Get off it. Just because you threw it all week mm. in practice and coach said it was going to be open, you, you got to go the other place. That's why in practice sometimes when coach says, hey, I want you to throw this, we're going to get this open. Every now and then you got to go, screw you, coach. I've heard that before. I need to practice the other throw just in case mm. something unforeseen happens. Uh, you also did right from the Titans' perspective on their defense. Yeah. Harold Landry pops. He does pop, man. Coming around the edge, that bend we talked about. That bend is unreal. It is. It's a special bend. I mean, when they get third down passing situations and you have Rakapo, or Rakapo and Morgan and Jarrell Casey inside and then Harold Landry as the other guy on the outside, that's a pretty good four and obvious passing situations. They're going to be a mismatch mm-hmm. handful. And then they got three good cover guys behind it to – to slow things down, too. Uh, you know who could, who could use a pass rusher? John Gruden. Can you believe Gruden comes out and says, we got to do something to get more pressure, maybe call more blitzes? It, it's it's like he, he doesn't realize that he cut Khalil Mack <laughs> or that he traded Khalil Mack. I know. It's the second game in a row where he's like, we got to get more pressure. Yeah, thanks. Thank you, Captain Obvious. Yeah, I, I know. It's not going to happen. I don't know what – there's not that guy – on the field, and damn, they better be cu- careful about blitzing because they don't have those type of cover guys either. That'll be an issue. Uh, speaking of Raiders, uh, Raiders Nation, a lot of people were saying Sims. We saw Derek Carr's fastball. They are right. He went 29 of 32, which is insane, yes. for 288 and one touchdown. But we did see that fastball, which you were asking for. Yes, we did. And it was the what, what, uh, was the, was the Seth Roberts that caught yes. that touchdown on the right side. That was the first time since pre-hurt my back early last year where I said, there it is. There's the guy that steps into throws and rifles it through a window. It can't always be this touch-pretty flick of the ball. You get, there's moments in the game where you got to drive it in there, and your receivers are going to be more happy that you do it anyways. Because like we talked about Mahomes, it's going to give you more time to react to the defender and make something happen after the catch. But, yes, that was an impressive display by them. They must be sick today. 19 to 7. I mean, it's 19 to 10. The game's going to be over. It's fourth and one, and the fullback drops the ball in the flat. Wide open. Wide open, and the game is going to be over. I mean, it's going to be over. John was going for the kill shot. And and it was it. It was the right call, and he did it right, and the player just let him down, and that gave Denver the opportunity to go, okay, we're going to go down on a 14-play, 67-yard drive and score a touchdown to make it 19-17. And they did that, and then they got the stop. And then Case Keenum worked some magic there to to score again and get the game-winning field goal. Keenum's fearless. That's what I love about Case Keenum. He's a baller. He plays to win. Yes. He doesn't play to like, oh, I'm going to protect my quarterback rating and check it down just because we're 19-7. Everybody's going to He throws some balls sometimes where you're like, I can't believe you're even attempting Exactly. And it it hurt them a little in week one because it kept Seattle in. But at the end of the day, he's going to find the right balance there. To where he'll go, okay, I I got it. He might throw an interception here or there, but for the yeah. most part, you're going to see more like, whoa, that was a good throw, good play. He's a good athlete, and he can throw it. Remember, Denver finished the year with the fifth pick in the draft. They started last year 2-0 and as well. Yeah. So I don't want to get too excited yes, about right. the Broncos. 
That is your week two recap. I think we touched on a lot there. We did. Uh, again, Wednesday night, 8 p.m., the new edition of the Sims and Left Coast show. Uh, Thursday morning, or Thursday afternoon, really, uh, we will be having the Sims film breakdown of a few more games that he's going to go through over the next few days. Can I say, and I want to say one more thing. You know what I want to say. I don't. Oh, yeah, okay, do that. Okay. There is a story Go about, ahead and narrate it. I don't right. really know it, but I think there's a few celebrities that are posing with, what is They're that? not posing. They're getting on this person. Brittany L., okay? Oh. Brittany L., if you could see it, like, okay, right there. It's fine. Yeah. It's a person holding a cheetah. A leopard. Leopard, sorry. But. They killed uh, it. They why are it. you playing God, Brittany L.? I mean, whoa, you're special. You tricked a leopard, a four-legged animal, and you hid in the bush. And what'd you do is leave some meat out for it, and then you shot it. Whoa. Yeah, way to kill one of the endangered species. What the hell is wrong with the whole world? Like, what do you... Why? We know these animals are endangered. And you're going to kill it to just what? Take a picture? Is that what you... Or, or what? You wanted to put his, his fur on your living room floor? Like, you're a disgusting human being. And all people that do that, it is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know. They have no respect for life at all. You're a huge fan of of large cats. I'm a huge fan of any animal. Large cats are my favorite. We know they're becoming endangered. They're down to the thousands. And we have all these idiot rich white Americans who are bored because they've been able to do anything they want always. And now they go... I got to go over and kill one of God's greatest creations to justify my boring ass, rich, privileged life. And it bothers me to the degree. I mean, I want to say so many nasty things. I don't even know where to start. I, I mean, think we can feel it. I don't even think you need okay. to say it. Gosh, it's right. Yeah. Play the music. Gosh, damn. <laughs> got me hot. I'm pissed off. Should have led the show with that. You I wanted to. I almost wanted to the go. Sean Watson is as bad as shooting animals. All right. Uh, again, show Wednesday night, film breakdown Thursday, betting show. To anyone that took my bets last Friday, I apologize. That was bad. Call them what they are. Oh, I was a shitbird performance. <laughs> uh, all right. For- I, I slacked left go yesterday. Oh, I like left go shitbirds. And he, what was your response? I can't wait to you have to explain Bortles to everybody. <laughs> yeah, I got a little defensive. Four Sims. Peace out, homie. Fedrick says, good, eve- good, good evening. Good evening. And the L-E-F-K-O-E Man. says, holla, 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 holla. See you guys Wednesday night. The show, 8 p.m. YouTube, holla.